Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> No, nope. the floor is yours. All right, I just <laughs> wanted to uh, start off by telling you a little story here. So, it's it's not that exciting of a story, but uh, make it exciting. So last night I had the Remax Christmas party. Okay. And um, put my girl in a rush to get ready on time. Um, she bought a new dress. I'm all suited up. Um, just we're looking classy. Yeah, getting my nice clean vehicle. Leave Warman. We're running a little late, and then I got. I got a flat tire on the highway. Oh. It was like minus 35. Um, I've never gotten a flat tire before. Did you have to change a tire? <laughs> Did daddy have I didn't to fucking do it. become a man? No. I was... Call CAA. No, I, I just... Stubborn me. I just like drove home. <laughs> man, I, I turned saw... around and drove home. Oh my God. With a flat tire. I was like... Too funny. I'm not dressed. I didn't... Stupid me, you know. Yeah. Saskatchewan minus 35. I'm not dressed to change a tire right now. Um... I don't have the patience to call a tow truck. I'm just going to get this home and I'm going to change the tire tomorrow in my garage. I'm just going to destroy my rim and my tire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my tire's pretty hooped. My my rim looks fine, but oh, yeah. obviously I won't I won't know really yeah, yeah. until Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, so I got to after this I got to go home and put my uh put my spare tire on. So Man, it's so funny how like comfortable we get with like not doing like what all of our dads did all the time. Yeah. Like I feel like most I don't, I'm not even going to say mums because it was more traditional like husband and wife back then. Yeah. Like most dads just know a little bit about engines, you know? Yeah. Or like even if your furnace breaks, like they'll tell you a few things to look at. Yeah. Like they're not experts in it, but they're very well-rounded. Yeah. Where it's like, bro, like the other day I had a flat tire and I changed it like to, with the van. This is not the other day. It was a few months ago. I felt proud. Yeah. I changed a tire and I was like, man, I'm a fucking man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So did you, did you just have it parked in the compound and it was low and you changed it or? It, I, I noticed it getting like a little bit low and then all of a sudden, yeah, I went to do a private or something, came out and it was just totally flat. Yeah. So I had to like oh, jack okay. the van up, change it. And I'm yeah. just like, fuck. Yeah. A couple yeah. of pats on the chest. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> and it's one of those things, it's going to be easy, but you know, I had like new Aldo dress shoes on, like a suit and I'm like. I'm just not doing this. I don't have a toque with me. I'm just yeah. not doing this. Man, that that's a, like, man, you have to be careful with that. When I when I drive, like, if I even go to, um, like, if I went to Warman or go to my mom's place, yeah. like, just thinking now, usually I'm bundled up. Like, I don't take my long johns off. I always have, like, I got big winter yeah. boots on right yeah. now. Like, I have one, two, three, four, I have six layers on right now. Yeah. Right. Like, just yeah. I'm just always bundled up just in case something happens and I need to walk somewhere or yeah. like, um, but yeah, they say to put a candle in your vehicle, yeah. even that can like keep you alive for a, you know, an extra day or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But yeah, it's dangerous around here, man. When it's this, when it's this yeah. cold and you're just driving around in like one sweater and a pair of pants and runners yeah. and you break down on a highway, mm -hmm. you'd be in trouble quick. And think if your phone's dead or if you oh. don't have a charger, like Bro, shit people, gets scary pretty quick. People die that way, like driving yeah. up north, yeah. right? Like in some of those reserves and shit where it's like huge gaps between places. Yeah. 
there's no service sometimes so mm-hmm. you you hit the ditch now all of a sudden you're stuck in the ditch it's yeah. pitch black out you have no phone what are you gonna do yeah like terrifying it's man. pretty crazy yeah scary yeah so so oh. yeah that's why we're not in my vehicle today but right that's some work cut out for me when i get home so yeah um the liver king got uh he lied he's yeah. a fucking liar <laughs> is that one of the top crazy man i would have never imagined i know i thought he was all natural <laughs> crazy that's not one of the things i wanted to talk about but let's get into it <laughs> yeah um so something got leaked like he was sharing a his his regime with somebody and it got leaked yeah is it regimen or is it regime because when i hear regimen <laughs> so when i hear regime i think of like a like the chine the chinese regime or like a, yeah. like a war or like yeah. or like they're you know I was just hoping you weren't smart enough to pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, normally I'm flow. not. Um, but yeah, it's so funny. Just speak t- speaking on that, it's funny when we do a podcast. Like sometimes we, like we'll just sh- say shit, and I don't. We don't really know what we're saying because we're just flowing with the conversation. And like Chris Cooper mentioned to you, like just one of the funny things <laughs> yeah. that you picked up. Like you were telling me that you know you're, I don't know, maybe one of Natalia's, Natalia's brother and them are moving to Singapore, and her sister's moving to Alabama. Right, and and it's like Chris was laughing, but because he's like they're literally moving to Singapore, like a foreign country, like different language, different culture, like across the world. And I'm like, oh wow, like Alabama. <laughs> It's so stupid, That's man. so funny. Um, but yeah, so Liver King, um, I don't really know how that got like leaked. I never understand that. How does it, how does a private email get leaked? Is somebody, is a hacker getting a hold of that? Or did maybe he emailed to someone and they leaked it? They're like, oh. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know? I don't know. I, I did read his regimen and it, it appears that either whoever he shared it with leaked it or or somebody maybe got in and hacked his his shit right but, but yeah it's one of those two options i think so funny how just how much he lied and for how long oh man it's bro i saw you know that uh more uh more plates more dates guy yeah so he posted he said that the liver king is on eleven thousand dollars worth of steroids every month Every month, that guy takes $11,000 worth of steroids. Over 130 grand a year just for his steroids. Insane. And so this whole time, he's selling products. He's preaching about liver. He's selling things that all these people are, not all these people, all these vulnerable people that believed him think that he's selling these things and that if they eat liver and they eat raw balls and heart and all these dumb bone marrow yeah like look it's it's healthy for you sure but you ain't gonna look like the liver king you're on steroids like most people knew it but it just always bugs me when people are like selling a product and they're like they're they're saying one thing like hey take this product and you'll be like you know fucking jacked and all this energy and live primal you know not sub primal he always says yeah and then it's like fuck the nine man. ancestral tenants and this and this and this yeah. it's like what about the nine about steroids the yeah the nine steroids <laughs> yeah the d-ball the test the, the anavar i forget what else is on the list but it was like all the steroids i um it's funny because i have a couple random topics today and just based on what you said there um it perfectly leads into two of the other things i want to talk about but but while we're on this still yeah the thing I don't like about it is 
I'm a big believer in organ meat, in liver and bone marrow, all that stuff. I think it's great. Yeah. I think people should be preaching that, and I think we are supposed to eat a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I eat it like five times a week. Yeah. I eat liver. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like the fact that that's linked with this lying guy, you know, who's yeah. on steroids, is it gives it a it discredits it you know it discredits the organ meat but that's what aaron said she's like it's too bad because i think i think he's selling a good product like i think what he's selling it's not snake oil it's not bullshit it's good healthy products but you know yeah what were you gonna say i just don't like when people think that others are stupid it's like of course you're gonna eventually get caught yeah like you can look at his body and tell that it's a steroid body like there's a difference between a naturally jacked yoked person and a steroid body right. you can see it in the face yeah you can see it in the in the vascularity like there's certain aspects that you can just pick apart so it's like yeah like of course you there's there's not a good end to this like yeah. just be honest and know? i have no problem with anybody doing steroids it's just when you lie about it and sell products yeah that's that's my biggest thing it's like you're you're convincing other people you're manipulating people you're lying to people you're taking their money he made a fortune that's the big he made a fortune off people because he was lying and people were like maybe there's maybe this guy's an outlier maybe he is just eating all this like organic meat and he's shutting his wi-fi off at nighttime and he's sleeping on a flat wooden bed hey man no you're just on d-ball yeah and and if if he hadn't done steroids and was preaching all this stuff, he wouldn't have had that, my that you know that visual physique that would draw right. so many people in. Exactly. So like, there's so many people that are preaching liver products and organ meat, but if you yeah. look basic, if you look you're, normal, you're not gonna convince people. Exactly. People like these outliers that are like, oh my god, like yeah. look at this specimen. Yeah. You know. And the thing I didn't like is, here here's the thing. Ask ask me if I do steroids. Do you do steroids? No. Now ask me again. Do you do steroids? You know, it's funny because that tends to be people's favorite question. And here's what I always say. And you know... Answer the fucking question. Exactly. <laughs> so many people ask him about steroids. <laughs> if you don't do it, you say no. Right. If you ask me if I'm cheating on my girlfriend and I say... Right. You know, it's funny you would ask that. Like, I don't know why you're always... Yeah. I would say no if I hadn't cheated on my girlfriend. Right. But you could tell he's always wondering his way veering off from the question getting into some explanation yeah it's like it's a yes or no question bro like like if you weren't doing steroids you'd just say no right yeah man and it's you know what bothers me and i i don't know i want to hear your take on this did you hear his apology no so he made a video and he just said like i think it was titled like i lied and so it was a it seemed to be a pretty like genuine honest apology my problem is that like the only reason he apologized because he got caught. So he's a bad dude. He's a, he's a lying manipulator. He got caught and then he apologizes. Now the marketing switches. So now the marketing becomes, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. Like he's very honest. He's very genuine now. Very similar to what you said about Andrew Tate on the full send podcast. And I'm going to compare them both because I think this is becoming a more and more popular marketing scheme and it's been around forever. Act like a piece of shit. 
say outlandish shit, lie, manipulate, hurt people, do whatever you need to do to put yourself in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Then when it when it when your back's up against the wall and you're about to fall off a cliff, then you say, "Oh, my bad, my bad, guys. I apologize. I'm sorry. Genuinely apologize." And it look again, it looks genuine, so people feel for them. But now you have the millions of people that you roped in because of your bullshit marketing. So you act like a shithead. You do whatever is necessary. And then whenever the time is right, you you do a genuine apology and then people just forgive you. Yeah. I bet Donald Trump could do it. I bet if Donald Trump all of a sudden was like, look, I've been acting like a real jackass for most of my life. You know, sincere apology. I, um, I just got like... You know, all my movie deals or all the TV shows I did, I just became that Hollywood person. That's not who I am. I, I'm, I apologize. And from here on out, you're going to see a different Donald Trump. People would be like, okay, like, okay. Yeah. They, they, we're going to work with this guy a little bit. But it's it, it's one of those things where I want to forgive people, but I'm also like, God damn, man. Like, you fucking lied to people and took their money. This fits so good into what I want to bring up. Oh, yeah? Okay. Did you listen to... Billy McFarland on Full Send. He's no. the guy who who did the Fire Festival. Oh, Do you remember that? yeah. I watched that documentary. Okay. This guy just got out of prison two months ago. Wow. So if anybody doesn't, I'm sure most of you listening to this will know what we're talking about, but there was a documentary a couple of years ago on Netflix or a few years ago called something to do with the Fire Festival, F-Y-R-E Festival. And this Billy McFarland guy, brilliant marketer. He had all the contacts, all the you know, um, the, the influence marketing people, you know, the who's who, the A-list celebrities to basically get behind this event he was promoting. <laughs> and you've he, seen the documentary, right? You yeah. Watch it there. yeah. He didn't do the due diligence. He was lying to investors. He had no money. He, he fucked everything up, but instead of taking accountability and saying, I'm way too far in this, he kept lying, <laughs> kept raising money. And he had ended up that he he had like 3,000 people fly out to the Bahamas. Um, people were paying thousands of dollars for tickets. And they had no resources, barely enough water to hydrate people. It was just a mess. And that is unbelievable to me that he would like get he would take it that far. He, like at what point do you be like, oh, man, I don't have a plan here. Like I yeah. can't sustain this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, just fly him out. Going to the grave with this shit. Yeah. He's like, I'm not turning back. I'm he, not giving up. He died on that hill. He he died on that hill. And he created, I don't know how many thousands of enemies. It's one of the hardest documentaries to watch. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, it's painful that he's just lying so hard. Anyways, he spends four years in prison. He gets out. He hops on the Full Send podcast. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you today is... What, like, is... Is it okay to give people a second chance? You, you know, we, we, um, <laughs> with what putting on another party, like, fuck no in America in life. Yes. In America, we love that story of somebody rise up, crash and burn, and then give them a second chance. Right. He's on full send. He has no money, no following. He's starting from ground zero and he's starting to talk about his new product. He's promoting, uh, this exclusive membership thing. He eventually wants to have another festival. Oh my God. And, um, hey, you know what he needs to do? Go get a regular job. That's where you belong. <laughs> you don't get to put on festivals. You don't get to earn people's trust to sell products until you've worked at GNC making whatever they pay you. 
minimum wage. Like, where is he getting the funds to start this product? Who's going to buy it? Who's going to believe him? So at what point do people not deserve a second chance? Like, like, just well, think of this guy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think, I feel like some of those people, like him, even him being able to go on the Full Send podcast, that's, that's going to allow him a second chance to do whatever he wants. See, it's not going to surprise me if in one year he's a millionaire again. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And that's why it's, I don't know, like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it, in, in my mind, you're a bad guy. And I'm not sure if you've learned your lesson and I, I have a feeling he's probably going to repeat it and we're just going to give him another chance. Yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like we, we need to earn it more, but him going from jail right to the full sand podcast, start him again. Oh yeah. That's right huge out of the gate, for him. His ego is going to go through the roof again. You haven't learned your lesson. I don't know if, or maybe four years in jail is, that's a, and that's you a know pretty what? He good did lesson. seven months solitary confinement. Like okay. he was in some real that's shit. Legit. Um, what did he sound like on the podcast? Very apologetic. He wants to come out doing everything right. He He's very accountable of where he fucked up. What and, product and, is he selling? So you know? he has this new thing that he's calling pirate. First of all, get a better name because I don't trust the name pirate. Yeah, I don't <laughs> trust a pirate. Yeah. Um, but it's basically like um, whoever's a part of this. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what it is. They're going to have like a spot in New York, like where you can go socialize. They're going to have certain events that you can have access to. It's some sort of a card maybe. And then he eventually wants to put on a festival. I'd, I'd have to listen to it again, but yeah. he's basically saying like, look, I, I fucked up. I deserved all the time I had. I lied. I lied. I lied. Here's where I went wrong. Um, I was foolish. I was egotistical, all this stuff. And I'm, I think he owes like 20 some million dollars to people from lawsuits. And he's uh, like, this is going to follow me for a long time. I don't expect people to trust me, but yeah. you know, every dollar I make, I'm going to, you know, uh, pay back whoever I owe, even if it's little bits for the first couple of years, like yeah. I'm only taking a little bit of what I earn. And I don't personally trust him. I think he's going to, uh, I, I don't know. I think he's going to get a little bit slimy again. I yeah. mean, but see, here's the thing. It's an, it's a, it's a capitalist market. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, if you have, it's all about people and relationships. He forged a lot of good relationships and linking up with those full send guys. Um, there's going to be certain people that are going to give him money. He, he's going to be able to raise money somehow with his entrepreneurial mindset. He's a smart dude. He's into coding, computer science. Right. Um, he's one of those guys you can't stop. A lot of people aren't going to trust him. It might take a lot of time, but yeah. there's all he needs is a couple people to throw him few hundred grand like yeah yeah look like I, I i do think that people deserve second chances it's just yeah like it like you said i won't trust him and i'll never buy his product i'll just I'll, yeah. i don't want to go to his club i yeah. don't want to buy his products you vote with your dollar yeah and if you are feeling like uncomfortable with the liver king or whoever you just don't buy their shit yeah and but but it's the free market yeah. If people are going to buy his product, then th there he goes. Then there's a second chance. If yeah. he burns him again, then we'll kill him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah, it's tough, man. It's Painful tough. documentary, hey? Yeah. Like just how far he misleads people and you're just like, man, yeah. please. I yeah. don't even want to see this anymore. But we see it so much, man. Like I even just think about like, you know, I don't know, like what, what you and I could do with marketing if we took that route. Like just saying outlandish shit. Like maybe I just... Um, really harshly like insult boxing 
right? Like I say, boxing is bullshit. It's one aspect of fighting. You know, you fight a kickboxer, you're done. You fight a grappler, done. Wrestler, done. And I just go, and like, that's my marketing gimmick. Yeah. I attack a certain individual or like a group of individuals. Yeah. Group. Yeah, a group. Yeah. Um, and I kind of use that to like get people to hate me, to talk about me, to comment me and other people big, like, yeah, fuck boxing. And then eventually I would probably take so much heat that I'm like, look guys, I'm like, I'm really sorry, blah, 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 but I've already got a huge following. And then you run with whatever scheme or whatever thing you want to do. But it starts with being a piece of shit sometimes. See, that's what a lot of these people do. They do first and apologize later and they right. do it intentionally from the beginning. Yeah. And I guess it works, you know, like, and that's what I mean. Like it, it, it works, unfortunately. And I, I don't know, maybe that's just the stupidity of human, human nature. We're you know? too, like, we're too willing to forgive and, yeah. and, st and stuff and move well, on. We're too easy to be manipulated for one. Yeah. Like if everyone's buying the liver Kings products, mm -hmm. you know, and just thinking like maybe one day I'll look like that. If yeah. I just, you know, like, yeah, I think we're just easily manipulated and then we forgive really quickly. Yeah. And, and see, we're kind of going all over the place, but back to what you said. If you want to do steroids, cool. You know, shoot it in your neck, shoot it in your dick. Like, yeah. do however many cycles. Like, that's fine. Dick gains. But when you're when you're capitalizing on yeah. that and yeah. from other people and and lying about it, it just it's bullshit. You know. Yeah. 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 So. Um, is that all you want to cover on the Liver King? Yeah. I think we covered it all. Can I can I mention one more thing? Kind sure. of off this. So you were thinking about how he got hacked or did he get hacked? I just wanted to, are you familiar with the dark web? Yeah. I mean, I know about it. You've but heard about it. I don't search it. Okay. Yesterday I've always been like, okay, what is this dark web? You hear about it of like, you know, like it's, it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of scary. I didn't even want to type it in because I'm like, is the FBI going to come after me? Am I going right. to click on something I don't want to see? Um, but I found this interesting chart that I just wanted to kind of talk about on here because it's, it's just really interesting. So there, there's kind of three aspects of the internet. Like we, we all use the internet and it's our perspective is, you know, we have access to all information at our fingertips. We can get answers to everything. It's basically wide open. But if you look at this as like an iceberg, so the surface web, which we all have when we go on the internet, it represents about 5% of the total internet content. Um, Sites that can be indexed and accessed from search engines, um, uh, average users without um, this special router, it, basically what we all have, right. the surface web. That's 5% of what the internet is. Wow. The layer below that is what's called the deep web. And the deep web represents about 90% of total internet content. Jeez. Um, sites that can't be accessed from search engines, um, examples... Um, email inboxes, banking information, credit card accounts. Mm. So anything that maybe you have to put in a password, certain people or hackers can get through these um, authentication forms, um, these, these firewalls, and access all of this information that's our passwords, our banking information, just, just everything that we type in that we think is locked. And that represents 90%. That, that seems like a lot. Dang. It does seem like a lot. So that's the deep web, and then you go so one at, layer. We're at ninety-five percent right now. Yeah, and then you go one layer deeper, and that's the dark web. Wow. Um, represents five percent of total internet content. Um, sites that exist within the deep web uh, can only be accessed by a Tor browser. It's like 
they call it like an onion router. Like you have to go buy this other piece mm. at like a electronic store. It's funny. Hey, when you go to buy that, the guy selling it to you is probably like these fucking dirt bag. Yeah. What are you doing? And, and he, that's the thing. I was kind of scared. Cause I'm like, what if I click on a link and it takes me to some like pedophilia page or yeah. something, but we don't have access. You have to go buy this oh. external router. And the interesting thing is it's legal. You can use the dark web because there's actual legal content on there, mm. but it's also illegal content on there. Right. So you can find out how to um, deteriorate a body, how to kill somebody, child porn, like everything right. is on the dark web. Oof. But it's pretty interesting, you know? It's like we think of the internet as this access to everything and it's only 5% of right. the content available. And it just reminded me of... Like they say we use 10% of our brain. I don't know if that's that's true or not, but there's so much of this, you know, subconscious that we don't even have access to. And mm. I feel like that with our senses too. It's like we have these five senses. Right. I feel like there's so much below the surface that we just can't tap into. Tap into. Um, and then I was even thinking deeper, like in this life, the average person, it's like for us example, it's like a lot of our thoughts, our general thoughts are go train, you know, go work, you know, hang out with our spouse or girlfriend, you know, I, I got to buy Christmas presents and I got to clean the house, take the dog for I'm not buying no presents. <laughs> it's this like surface level thinking that right. occupies a lot of our brain space. But there's so much more like the existential type thinking of like this galaxy and like the planets and right. what is life? What is consciousness? There's this below the surface, there's all of this stuff that you could think about and you could get into, but we just use this, right. you know, like our, our immediate, our, our, whatever's immediately affecting us. You right. Know? When we use it to survive, it's like, we're all so busy that we don't always have time to think about galaxies and where the stars line exactly. up. Like, did you watch ancient apocalypse? I watched the first episode. Yeah. So it's like, you could imagine that these people back then when they didn't have these busy, busy lives were probably gazing at the stars all the time and seeing patterns and like, you know, carving out stones. They have time to think about like the bigger things maybe. Whereas now we're just like, I just need a coffee to get through work. I need to go pick up my kids. I need to go to training and then rush over here. I just need some sleep. You know, it's like yeah. we're just one thing after the ne after the next. You know, I'm not sure if we have mental space for that. It's almost like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. Not everybody gets to the point where they have time for self-actualization. Right. Because they're worried about, you know, safety needs, um, like health needs, right. like just fulfillment needs. This, you don't get that extra space. This is a good segue. So my lifestyle, I think, allows for quite a bit of that space. And I was thinking about that thing we talked about when Seneca was talking about wealth. Uh, remember that question? He said, you ask, what is the proper limit to a person's wealth? And then he said, one is having enough or no, one is having what is essential. Two is having what is enough. Yeah. And I was like thinking about that, man. And I'm like, I'm working on this puzzle right now. It's a thousand piece puzzle. It's the hardest puzzle I've ever worked on. And I, I kept going back and forth. Sometimes I would play music doing the puzzle and other times I'd have a podcast on, but I found my, I found myself always turning it off. It was, it was bothering me. I couldn't think clearly. I shut everything off for hours. Like in the last two weeks or so, I've been working on this puzzle. I would just sit there and just zone out in silence. Yeah. But that was allowing me space to think about other things. And I started thinking about what Seneca was talking about with having mm. what is essential and having what is enough. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, I have what is essential and I have what is enough. I do not need anymore. 
Like if I did what I'm doing right now to the end of time, I would be content. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. I don't need more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we hear this all the time. We hear about these people on their deathbeds wishing they didn't work so much, wishing they spent more time with family, wishing they had more time to read books and go for walks and contemplate things. And here I am sitting here like doing those things. And in my head, I'm like, I need to practice what I preach. That's That lifestyle is not for everybody. I think some people have very um, large ambition, very large desire. I think that those people maybe my lifestyle would be a disaster. They wouldn't want that. I need that. I need time to be able to sit there in silence and work on a puzzle. Mm-hmm. It fucking makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And the last two weeks or so, man, I've just felt fucking good, man. I felt like, um, I felt exactly that. I was like, I have what is essential. I have what is enough. I was talking to this person the other day. I won't mention their name, but they, um, they said that they had just bought a house. They had a place they were living at previously. They bought another house, uh, like a bigger one. They financed, uh, you know, a, another house, but now he's working more. When he said that he had more shifts, I could see the deadness in his face. So we make these goals for ourselves. I want to buy a house. I'm going to get a new car. I'm going to go on a trip. I'm going to do this thing. We think we want the goal, but to get to that goal requires a specific lifestyle that will zap your, your happiness, your energy, your, your time, that space that you were talking about. And again, some people thrive in that, but I think you have to know yourself. What kind of life do you want to create? Because if your goal is to make a million dollars, but your lifestyle want, like you want to be chill, you want to have time to read, walk your dog, relax, go to bed in calmness, then maybe you should change the goal. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking, I used to think like, ah, I want a million dollars. I'm like, I don't think I want a million dollars because to get to a million dollars means I have to be busy. I have to, I have to work. Mm-hmm. I have to come up with more strategies to do this. And that takes away my mental space of working on a fucking puzzle mm-hmm. and realizing that I have exactly what I need in this life. I think there's something to do with that self-awareness too, because I'm like, I'm an ambitious person. I have these financial goals, but I heard Andrew Tate say recently, he was saying, um, like, if you want to be rich, the last thing you should be doing is cooking. He's like, it's the, um, Mm, like um, it takes up so much time and and you get nothing from it. Like you sit there for an hour. Oh, I'm going to cut some onions. Oh, what else is in the fridge? I'm going to take this. So he's like, it is a complete waste of time. And I'm just thinking that I'm like, do you know what? I could, I could be however many decimals more quote unquote rich if I stopped cooking and I figured out a more efficient way to live. Right. But it's like that calms me. Yeah. That time where I can put a podcast on, nobody's in the house. And from the time I start, you know, cutting my garlic to the time I finish doing dishes, I like an hour. But it's like, I like that time. Yeah. It's maybe not the most productive time, but it it's something I look forward to. It's something that calms me. So it's not always about efficiency. Right. A hundred percent, man. And I, yeah, I, I think it just requires the self-awareness to know what type of lifestyle you live. Like, like I always said that if I don't have time to read books every day, I'm living an uh, inauthentic life. Yeah. I'm not living the life I want. Yeah. I feel the same way. You know, yeah. I need that time. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would hear this and be like, well, not a lot of people, but there's some people it's fine, but you could be like, how could Jesse on a Wednesday afternoon spend two hours on a puzzle? Like, like that's kind of crazy or something but i think deep down people more people are yearning for that kind of 
space and time, but calmness. maybe they wouldn't admit it. Yeah. You know, it's calmness, man. Like I, I'm always trying to get rid of nervous energy and like anxious energy. Yeah. Like when angst. people are so busy that they're like, Oh, I gotta like, uh, you know, I'll see people like do a basic task in a nervous way or like, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but like an anxious way. Yeah. I'm like, I want to rid my body of that, man. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. don't want that. And like, man, I, I just, in the last two weeks, I've just been thinking a lot while I was doing this puzzle and I'm like, man, I am fucking grateful for all my clients, all the people at the gym. Like even when I go to work now, like my fucking, the people I work with are great. I have zero like anxiety of like, oh, I got to deal with this fucking person for 45 minutes. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you get a client where you're like, God, you're a headache. Yeah. But somehow, I don't know if it's just the, the energy or something that I've just attracted like these amazing people that I get to work with every day. And I just kept thinking like, man, I got, I got everything. I have everything. I don't like, you know what excites me? Kurt and I started doing these videos. And we're going to do them like at least once a week. Mm -hmm. So every Monday we get together and we do these videos and I kind of pushed it on him a little bit. I'm like, Kurt, we got to do this, man. Like, let's yeah. just do it. Let's just get comfortable at talking in front of the camera. We'll do breakdowns. We're both white belts at this right now. Like we're We might be a little clumsy. The videos might be shitty at this, the, at the beginning, but I was like, we're going to get better and we're going to do it together. And he, and nice. I could tell he was fired up. He loved it. Yeah. He, like we, after we were done, like we were both like, Hey, this is sweet. Like mm -hmm. we're having fun with this. We're onto something. And in my head, again, this goes back to working on the puzzle. This is, I'm, I'm thinking of this cause I have the space and the time to do so. I was like, okay, hey, I want to have a teammate like Kurt to be able to make these videos because I want to grow the community of martial arts in Saskatoon. And I was like, I don't care about the van life scene anymore. More. I don't care about writing like my thoughts on Instagram or like book things. I might one day, mm -hmm. but I was like, I'm on the mats all the time. I'm constantly thinking about martial arts. Mm -hmm. I want to start making martial art content. Mm -hmm. And it just felt so good to all of a sudden have that little ping of an idea being like, oh yeah, I'm going to talk to Kurt. We're going to make videos. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I felt happy. I just yeah. felt content. But if all of a sudden I started making these big goals that took me away from that because I was so busy and I couldn't read anymore, couldn't do my puzzles. Mm -hmm. I'm not living a life that I want to live. Yeah. You know? It's good that you know what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Comes a time, right? Yeah. Like in your twenties, you kind of have to just try shit. You mm -hmm. think you have goals, you work really hard for it. Then maybe, you know, in your thirties, you realize, you know what, that's, that ain't my lifestyle. It's cool that you and I can be such close friends, but we're both aware that we have quite a different path. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm kind of money driven yeah. and you're not, but it's like, you don't judge me and you let me be me and I don't judge you and I let you be you. And we still have all these similarities. Yeah. It's pretty cool because friends peers can influence people in the wrong direction so easily. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. I think that's the majority of the world. Sometimes like you go online and you think like the, the left and the right, like politically are so like at each other. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, those are the extremes. Yeah. Most people, like if, if you're a, you know, a right wing person, a left wing person, just at, in the mall, hanging out, talking, you'd probably get along just fine. Yeah. Most of us would get along. Yeah. You'd probably agree on more things than you would imagine. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, it's like, I think that's what makes us such good friends is because we don't judge each other's lifestyles. Mm -hmm. Like when I did van life, you're not like you fucking hobo. Like what's wrong yeah, with you? Yeah. I'm trying to get money. I can't yeah. be seen with you, son. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, get some ambition, you lazy bitch. And <laughs> yeah. I'm not like you greedy fuck. Like yeah, why exactly. you always chasing money? Exactly. Like, you know, it's like, we're, we're just like, yeah, we just let each other exist and, you yeah. know, do our thing. Totally. And we're still on the same page with so many other things. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, and it's like, I respect your vision. Like I know your vision isn't to like, 
get into real estate and start like setting these like intimidating financial goals, you know, right. like I just know that's, you don't care about that. Yeah. You know, the, the main thing on this is what, like, I think this is what makes me feel good when I think of that Seneca thing of like having what is essential and having what is enough. As long as I can pay myself first and make my investments and that my future is taken care of that I'm good. Mm hmm. If, if I wasn't able to do that and I was like just scraping by, I wouldn't be good. Then yeah. the goal would be more money. I need more money because now I'm not even looking after my future. <laughs> I'm struggling every month for bills. But right now I'm not struggling for bills. Yeah. And so I have like this sense of like freedom and um, calmness. Yeah. You know, whereas back in the day, I would, it was like every month I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I got to pay this bill. Yeah. You know, truck broke down. Fuck. And it's like all these little things pulling from my bank account. But yeah. now it's like I make enough to pay all my shit, put money away for my future, put money into the S&P 500 TFSA. And I'm just like chilling. Mm -hmm. As long as I do that every month, my yeah. future's taken care of. And I think that's something maybe under the surface that not many people seen is there's people that would move into a van that maybe are a little bit hippie-ish and irresponsible and lack ambition, but you were like accounting in your little notepad for all your expenses. I still you had do a, every You had day. a plan of, yep. you know, here's what I can spend on, here's what I can't. And even though you're like living the, what seems to be like the chill, hippier, right. off the grid lifestyle, you were still pretty regimen if you want to with, with your schedule. You're still pretty regime. <laughs> yeah. That comes into context better when you say it like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, you were still structured and, and organized in like what your plan was and that sort of thing. It's the discipline equals freedom. If I yeah. wasn't disciplined with like where I was spending my money, cause I already fucked up money later, like earlier in my life, yeah. I already made those mistakes and I was like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. So I got super disciplined, but that discipline allowed me more freedom <laughs> to like relax and save mm -hmm. and you know, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what's one thing I want to work on? Um, they just kind of, you were bringing up before if you want to be, um, like you want to have that space to think and you want to just feel calm and at ease in mm. life. You don't want to have anxious energy. I know this, but it's still hard sometimes when you have, when you occupy your day quite a bit, it's really powerful if you can never be in a rush, like never mm. rush yourself. Right. Like if I'm a realtor and I show up to an appointment and I'm two minutes late and I'm like grabbing my keys, I'm like, sorry, I was this and this and you know, I got to go, I got to go and just my, um, you beta. My, my demeanor with people is like, talk fast. Sorry. Got to go. I'm rushing. I'm right. rushing. That's not good. Yeah. And it, it's not professional. It's, um, it's something a lot of people carry with them, but the elite, you know, like the, the, what's the word I'm looking for here? The, um, outlier successful people. Um, what's that word when you're like really calm like a buddha character zen uh -huh. the um i can't think of it it'll come to me okay it's a great characteristic if you can just be calm right and you can still be productive you can still have yeah. lots on the schedule but don't don't bring that rushing that angst right energy to wherever you go you yeah know? easier said than done man like life yeah. is chaotic yeah. but yeah like i you know i would be like that if i had a different lifestyle yeah you know i feel like i would probably used to be a lot more like always kind of like on the go and thinking I need to do something yeah. where now it's and like, like late and being like, I only have this much time, but right. it's a lot more of like an enlightened vibe to be like, just to show up casually and you're, you're the pace when you walks a little slower, the way you talks a little slower, right? you know?
Yeah. What 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 helps get there? Meditation, or is it lifestyle, or is it like, are are some people just more calm than others naturally? Maybe like their their brain chemicals are more balanced. I don't know. I think it's probably something we can all work on. Yeah. I just think we do it to ourselves, you know. Right. Um, I think things like meditation w- would help. You know, get yeah. like just be in that calm state more so you can kind of carry that throughout your day. But yeah, I don't know. I think we overschedule ourselves, you know, in our culture, we're just, it's the busy culture. You know, we think we can fit in one more appointment than maybe we should. Or we tell someone we're going to be there maybe 10 minutes before we can actually comfortably get there. And it's just on to the next thing because I have so much to do, you know? And it's funny because like I, I, I listen to Ed Milet and I like Ed Milet, but his book one more, Mm. no, not one more. Don't make one more appointment. Like, why do you have to busy yourself even more? Did you read that book? Yeah, I did. Okay, so it's kind of like that too? Like yeah, can... like it's one more rep, one more appointment, one more cold call, one more this, one more that. Mm. And look, I get that, but I also get that our world is suffering like a motherfucker. Yeah. Like, there's a reason that half of, like, the, a lot of people are on, like, antidepressants and, like, anxiety medicine. You sound like Lever King here. Oh. People are suffering today. Yeah. But they yeah. are, man. No, yeah, and I yeah. genuinely think it's because of that type of shit. Yeah. Like, we always think we need to do more but it's like do you though what are your goals figure your goals out first before you fucking start doing one more call one more this because now all of a sudden you just constantly think that you're never good enough and you need to do one more and one more the reason i'm saying this is because bradley martin i just listened to a podcast he did ayahuasca recently i like that Mm. guy man he's he's a silly goose yeah big jack guy but he's got a good sense of humor but he can also be very real So Bradley Martin's dad committed suicide when he was six years old. So he never felt like he was good enough. He always thought like, fuck, my dad left me because like I must be, there must be something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not good enough. Like that's why he just left me. Like he's like, I walk to school every day, fucking crying, angry. And so his whole life, he was an overachiever. Like he's a millionaire. He's got a successful podcast. He owns multiple gyms, clothing brands. He does so much. Still feels like a fucking loser. Cause he thinks his dad left him for that reason. He goes to do ayahuasca and he was saying that there's a difference between, um, you know, when I said like I did mushrooms one time and I cried my face off cause I felt what Cain went through. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we say that we have empathy or we say that we try to feel what others are feeling, but what you're saying and what you're actually feeling don't match. It's very tough to actually have genuine empathy. Like I've never cried for what Kane's went through sober. When I did those mushrooms, it made me feel it. Mm-hmm. That was true. That was a true like um, empathetic feeling where I'm like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Now I feel it. Mm. And so Bradley Martin did ayahuasca and he always told himself that he would, he was good enough that he was, that his, that his dad's problems were his own problems. But those are just words. He's like, I never mm. felt them. I never felt them until I did ayahuasca. Mm. He's like, I did ayahuasca. And then it, ju- it just like held me like it was my mother. Hmm. It held me and was like, you're good. You're good enough. Hmm. You're doing great, buddy. Wow. You know, and he was crying on the podcast, just talking about it. I and mean, he's funny, man. Like he'll, he'll, sometimes, as soon as he brings up his dad, you, you can tell he gets teary eyed. And then mm. he's like, oh, <clears throat> bitch, bitch, man, don't be a bitch. <laughs> and he'll kind of like call himself a bitch. And yeah. I'm like, bro, you went through some trauma. It's okay to like tear up a little bit. Yeah. But that's sometimes the beauty of that medicine, man. Yeah. Like it makes you genuinely feel shit instead of you just saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to overcome that. Or like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden it makes you feel that you're actually good. 
Yeah. And he's like, man, that's the best thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was like the beginning of my heal healing. He said that, uh, he's done therapy, antidepressants. He's done all the traditional therapies. And he said this last trip to do ayahuasca was beat them all. Wow. That's good that he finally did that. Cause he's been digging the mushrooms and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's, it's so easy to feel like we're navigating life fine, but that's what I love about psychedelics. They can give you a, you know, a refreshing perspective of, Oh, you're on the right path. Right. I remember probably a couple times when I did mushrooms back in the day, you know, it's busy, busy life. You do mushrooms, everything's whatever you're tripping, you're having your thing. And then the come down this overwhelming feeling of like, you're on the right path, buddy. Like right. you're, 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 you're on your way. Like yeah. you're not off course. Like, you know, you're, you're making some good choices and it's like, Oh, like, that felt good. Some, some sort of assurance. I don't know where it came from, but it's like when the truth is there, you know, you know, and it's like, I don't even need to break down like the logic behind this. I just know like I'm, I'm in the right place. And that certainty I think comes in waves. Aaron and I were talking about Mm. this because I, I said like in the last couple of weeks, I've just felt, I felt very sure. I felt very happy, content, like with this new thing with Kurt, with my private lessons, I just felt like everything was just going really good. But I was <laughs> like, I still doubt my path. Mm-hmm. Like, some, like recently I've been praying, like I was telling you mm-hmm. this morning, I did the same thing. And I, I, I Aaron and I were talking how like, I wonder if everybody doubts their path. Like even the most successful people, there's got to be moments where they're like, am I doing the right thing? Like, this is hard. Like, but then you keep going. Like I've doubted martial arts, but I don't doubt it to the point where I'm going to quit or stop. But it's still, it's like these little flashes in my head. It's almost like the universe is testing your path. Mm. Do you really want this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really want this? And you start to doubt yourself and then you just trudge through and you keep going. And all of a sudden it gets light again. You're like, okay, yeah. Like, I'm glad I stayed with this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. But, and then the, totally. with martial arts, I just feel like I, I'll do this till I die, but I also have doubts till I die. There'll mm. be moments of like, God damn, this is hard. Yeah. It's hard to do the same thing over and over and keep it yeah, fresh yeah. And, and keep providing value for your students and blah, blah, blah. But I think that's just human nature, man. I yeah, think I we're think just so like too. that. I, I think, think so I think we have moments of certainty and then we have moments of doubt. And that's what makes this, this game so, so interesting. Yeah, for you sure. Know? There's no assurance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, there's something, something on that. I was going to say, um, ayahuasca mushrooms. Yeah, it's gone. What what do we have for time? Let's wrap it up. How how much more we got some time or what? We have forty five. It's we have forty five oh. minutes left. No, I, uh, we're at forty five minutes. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, have you had any any omens lately? Um, no, I've thought about that before. You know, like the whole like being on the right path. Yeah. But I've sure felt like I was on the right path. I've been talking to Aaron about it lately too, because I've just been like, God, I feel good. Yeah. And, and and I think it's a combination of what I just said, but then also lifting weights now too. Mm-hmm. I feel like things are coming together and I just feel good, but no like coincidences where I'm like, Oh, there's an omen. I had one recently a few days ago nice. or like maybe even it was last week. Um, and again, these might be absolutely nothing, but I choose that it's an omen. <laughs> um, first in God, man, I prayed this morning. I said, show me a sign Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was washing my car. And for, you know, when you're doing something mindless like that, like I'm walking around the vehicle with the wand washing your, your mind just wonders. And for some reason I was thinking about 
this friend, um, mutual friend we have that we probably haven't seen in a couple years and how me and him were both single for so long. And, and then we both got a girlfriend around the same time. And just like, I was just thinking about this guy and having a girlfriend. No, I was, oh. it was actually Josh Payette. Oh, okay. I was just like, yeah, me and Josh are single for so long. Oh, yeah, really... Josh has a girlfriend. He's had a girlfriend for a couple of years. I'm washing my car. It's like, why am I thinking about this? I get in my vehicle, drive out of the car wash. I turn the corner and I've never seen Josh's girlfriend in my life ever. I've just seen her on Snapchat and stuff because mm. I have Josh. And I, I pulled up to like a three-way stop and she was in the car right there. I was like, that's Josh's girlfriend. And then like I drove off. I was like, that's weird. I've never seen her. And uh, I was like, wow. three minutes ago, I was just thinking deeply about him and his girlfriend that's where and you I was and like I, that's an omen yeah for, and that's where you and i differ because i would never recognize her okay yeah like, you know it's like you bumping into your your uh your sister and then uh richie richie yeah, yeah. i'm like i'm like i fucking know that guy but i, I couldn't like think like who the fuck it was yeah. i was like i know i know this <laughs> yeah. fucking guy that's one thing i've noticed with you i'm yeah. really bad with that man and i don't know what it is maybe i'm just like trapped in my own head half the time but it's like yeah sometimes i'll just see people and they'll be like uh yeah they'll they'll act like they know me really well and i'm like fuck <laughs> <laughs> i totally can see that in you but there might be other areas where you can like recall certain things where other people are like how did you think of that maybe. like maybe fight stuff or right. like techniques or videos um i, I think that's like a 99% of my mental energy goes towards like, remember, like, bro, especially lately, most of my, like a lot of my students that I work with have their own set name combos. So like when I work with like Marco, he's got like a Rolodex of different name combos that are not even a part of the BMT mm. system. It's like the Haggerty, the Haggerty pull, Haggerty front, Haggerty mm. cross, the Liam low, the Liam liver, the Liam cross. We have the power one, the power two. Like, bro, mm. it's it's a whole intricate system where it's yeah. like, I'm that's trapped in my head. So it's like, I have hardly any space for new friends yeah. to recognize people. I, yeah, I'm just not very good at that. Dunbar's a rule. You've already filled your capacity with right. what's necessary. Yeah. But speaking of Marco, it's pretty funny. He won't mind me saying this because it was just hilarious. Um, I, apparently he's really bad with like remembering that type of stuff. Like, um, mm. I don't know, like conversations he had. So I'm doing a private with this one guy and then, uh, then Marco comes in for his session and the guy I'm doing the private with is like, Hey, um, cactus club. And he was like kind of pumped. He's like, we fucking like hit it off. And then Marco's like, I'm sorry, man. Like I, I and he's like, uh, he's like, you got a tattoo right here, right? He's like, of, and he said what the tattoo is. Like he remembered everything. Yeah. And he was like literally throwing like parts of the conversation at Marco. And Marco's like, I'm sorry, man. And then the guy I'm doing the private with, he's like, I'm really glad I left a good impression on you. <laughs> and he got Marco's like, bro, it happens all the time. I'm really sorry. Oh man, that's but yeah, so you could tell the guy was like, fuck, man. Like we were <laughs> bros. That, yeah, like we were literally having Help drinks together for like two hours. It sounded that's like. So funny. And Marco's like, I don't know. Oh man, man that's the worst. Yeah, that's funny. funny. Um, I might end it off on. Okay, let me end it off on this. Okay, um, just some dumb shit, but it's it's interesting. So, I don't like to spend a lot of time on mindless stuff, but every now and then I do. And um, we were, puzzle. No, we were watching this show, just this dumb show on Netflix called um, Love Is Blind. Have you heard of it? No. <laughs> okay, it's it's interesting. So, is it? Though? it it's like a. <laughs> here's what's interesting about it. It's um not what's supposed to be interesting. It's, it's, it's something that I take from it. So it's this dating show. People are trying to f get married, find their, their partner. <laughs> People trying to fuck. It sounded like, <laughs> yeah. So 
I, the, people meet in these pods where they can have dates, they can hear each other and talk, but they can't see each other. Mm. And um, if it if it's going well and they have some chemistry, they can book another date with the person. They can. Um, that's really deceptive because that's like um, like if you're like gonna select a vehicle that you wanted and it was like a shitty car, but it had a muffler on it and it sounded badass, and then they're like, "Oh, here's your car," and it turns out it's this rust bucket piece of shit. See, it gets interesting. It gets interesting. So people are like, okay, that we didn't have chemistry. I'm not going to date them. They go on the third date, the fourth date. Eventually, people will um, propose to one another without actually seeing them. But they hit it off. They're talking. They're they're making notes on like, okay, I I, I like this about this person. Um, I, they have good family values. Let's let's see another date. I love. I'm so interested in nonverbal communication and like blink reactions. You it, see it the just, life gets sucked out of them when, they see, yeah, when yeah. they see each other. Right. It doesn't lie. Right. And there's moments when somebody proposes and you could tell like maybe the girl, she's not that confident about it, but it's like this guy's on his knee proposing in this other room. She has no idea how he looks and she'll like take a big gulp, look to the left and then say yes. Oh, and I'm just like, that was it. <laughs> yeah. It was quarter of a second, but I seen it. You didn't want to do this. You're divorcing. And then when they see each other and, surprisingly some people like hit it off quite well but they're standing on opposite ends and the doors open and the, you get to see their reactions when they first see each other oh, and a lot of the times it's pretty good there's <laughs> certain times it's like again a fraction of a second where they'll like swallow and like look down and then they'll like smile and they'll right, like yeah, go yeah, embrace yeah. the person but you can see that blink non-verbal oh, communication man. and you're like that was it. You are not happy with what you've seen. It's not what you expected. And maybe they'll kind of, you know, and then and then the, the show continues with the people that are now engaged. There's like five groups that got engaged and the show continues and they go honeymoon and they, they go, they all meet up. So people get to see the people they said no to. And maybe they were between two and they chose one person. Right. But then when they're all together, they're like, that one's way more attractive. Yeah, like, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck? But... Uh, and then they, they they go to the point where they're actually supposed to get married. And th there was a couple where I'm right from the time they seen each other. I'm like, no, I was like that. They don't like that person enough physically right. to, to go through with this, no matter how much they, they act. Yeah. And it goes through like a month and there are this and that. But they always will find a way to like self-sabotage it. Right. And you know, it's because of the attraction. It's yeah. because love isn't blind. Right. You know, you, you need the the physical attraction is a huge part, man. Like we're such like visual, uh, I almost said visual learners, but like just we use our fucking eyesight. That's a big sense. We we know things when they look good. Mm. Like when you see a nice car that's washed and has a good paint job and nice rims, like your eye will be like, that's nice. And then you see an old piece of shit and you're like, that's an old piece of shit. And I think it can work perfectly if you have the same 10 out of 10 sense of humor 10 out of 10 values, you know, nine out of 10 family relationships. And maybe they're only an eight or nine out of 10 physically, right. but you still have a sexual attraction or you still have oh, yeah. physical chemistry. It's like, it doesn't have to be perfect, right. but, but it just shows, I think it's a lot more important than people will give credit to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think those people are, um, yeah, just lying to yeah. themselves, but I just, something about the psychology of people right. and how we like respond um, through nonverbal communication, it's so telling and Bro, it doesn't lie. You know what it reminds me of is when, uh, when you watch those videos of kids getting Christmas gifts that they don't like, 
Cause they, they, they unwrap it and the one kid, I forget what he got, but it was some bullshit yeah. socks or just something. And it was just dead quiet and like a dead face. And then she's like, thanks mommy <laughs> like, with this bullshit ass smile. And I think they were like, they were fucking with her. Yeah. And so they started laughing. They're like, you're an angel. Like even for her to like try to smile and say thanks. But then yeah. they actually, they gave her like the proper gift. Yeah. But yeah, even the kid, her whole body language was just dead. And then she's like, <laughs> she like needs yeah. that little moment just to like pucker up and get her smile on and just pretend. Totally. You know, and it was like the one time I was telling you, I was buying a car and this guy who, who came off pretty slimy, I asked him a question and he shook his head no while he said yes. Yeah. And I'm like, hey man, I know you said yes, but I don't think I believe right. you now. That's funny. So man. funny. Humans are just, you know, it's like we, we can't help but express right. our lack of confidence. Right. Even if we say all the right things. Yeah. It's like even, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just picturing like, um, like what Kurt said about like Adam when we were in Denver, how he just never said a word. Like, it's like his, his body language is almost shut down because we were nervous. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're like, man, is Dwayne going to just kill us on the pads? Like, what's he going to ask us to do in front of the class? Since your body language is just like, yeah. you could try to pretend to be confident, but like Kurt was like, man, <laughs> Adam's struggling here. <laughs> you know, it's funny, yeah, man. It's funny. Yeah. Humans well, are complicated. Wrap her up. Let's wrap her up. All right. Thanks for listening. Episode 88. No Eric Lindros. Hey. Is that Eric Lindros? Yeah. All right, bye. <laughs>